0: You ready to go?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm good.
0: Hey, well, look at this. If you're seeing us, you're seeing, you should be seeing a whole lot of screens over there. You should be seeing that, that guy there, uh, the Cleavster. And then we got, um we got that other guy there. That's Francis Chan. He's not even on the podcast, but we've worked out <laughs> how to bring the whole screen thing in there. And so, as you might have guessed, we are uh, wanting to look at that Holy Communion, uh, the reason for gathering of the church. Francis Chan's got himself into a little bit of a pickle. <laughs> and uh, it's a very interesting yep. subject, though, so uh, worth while talking about. But to start off, we got to do the jingle. Ready? Oh, that's not the jingle, that's Hebrew. <laughs> oh, where is the jingle? I did not even know where it is. Hang on. Just everybody be cool. All right. So, it's on. Sojourner time. It's good. Sojourner time. Um, All right. So, Francis Francis Chan. Francis Chan. South Africans say Francis. What did we say? Francis Chan.
1: (laughs) It's very inconsistent.
0: We should say Francis Chan. Americans are really consistent there, right?
1: Um, Well, based on what he's saying, we could call him Frankie Chan after the the Pope.
0: Ah. (laughs) Yes. Frankie Chan. Although... my sympathies lie with this guy. The problem, okay, so I know we haven't even played the video for anyone who is not uh, up to speed on this, but I'll just say this up front. The, I mean, I think, you know, you know what it reminds me of? This whole thing reminds me of uh, like when you're, you're living in that charismatic, crazy world and, you know, you, you realize like, let's say, oh, Wait a minute, it's not so low scriptura, it's so scriptura and that means tradition is important and then and then you become a Roman Catholic. You know, it's just like one, two, skip a few, exactly. all the way, you know. so and, he,
1: and you said you're in sympathy with that?
0: No, well, I'm in sympathy with, with, <laughs> with uh, being a charismatic, realizing that you've been, you uh, know, uh, without tradition or something the whole way, to use the analogy. <laughs> um, but in this case, of course, it's the Lord's Supper. I mean, you know, it's a lot of, I mean, what he's doing is he's identifying a very... Uh, real lack and messed upness about uh, you know evangelical Christianity and you know even even Baptists let's just go there and say Baptists uh, uh, Reformed Baptists even you know you just don't have the place given to the sacrament that that really you you need to have at some level um, and then you know there, there, there will be co- I think there will come an inevitable starvation of some sort and unless you're aware of the various sort of points. Uh, you know, that have been worked on, yeah, yeah, you might make an extreme move, you know, and and Francis Chan has always struck me as quite an extreme character, you know, he's always like, I'm gonna quit yeah. my church so I can just, you know, I mean, normally pastors go, listen, I need a, I need a week off, I need to think about it, um, but he needs to quit his church or replant it or whatever, so he seems like quite an extreme guy, um, and that's playing into all of this, but maybe we should yeah. just try running the video before we yeah, let's talk. run it and then make. Let's comments. run it because otherwise we're just gonna. Um, and if he says something in particular, I should be able to stop it here. And hopefully, everyone yeah. is seeing this too or hearing this if you're listening.
2: Taking of the body and blood of Christ somehow in some real way. Again, I'm not making any like grand statements. I'm just saying I some of the stuff I didn't know. I didn't know that for. A the first fifteen hundred years of church history, everyone saw it as the literal body and blood of Christ.
0: We got to talk about and that. And it wasn't
2: until five hundred years ago that someone popularized a thought that it's just a symbol and nothing more. It's a little simplistic. Should we stop it there? Wow! Yeah.
1: Stop <laughs> it there. Because that's a lot to talk about already. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, let me give you my impression. I was yeah. the one who asked that we have a look at this video. Right. right. So um, here's a guy, like you say, probably not from a reform background. Apparently, he studied at master seminary. Yeah. So he might just have sort of a more of a baptistic, maybe towards the charismatic sort of background. Yeah. Um, he's known as a neo-radical, so he's not known for his confessionalism, he's not known for his depth in systematic theology, he's known for his commitment, his missional focus, etc. Yeah. And um, it seems to me he's making the typical reductionistic mistakes of trying to uh, paint with too broad a brush. Mm -hmm. Now, I think let's give him credit where credit is due. Mm -hmm. They're probably just about to celebrate communion, and you can't say everything that needs to be said. Yes. So he's probably trying to wrap it up in big picture terms. Yeah. Yeah. He's wrapping it up in such a way as to miscommunicate.
0: Where is he? Where is that? I have no idea. It's like on the street or something. No idea. Okay.
1: But I mean, so just taking that first statement that he said, you know, for the first 1500 years of the church, everybody, and I mean everybody, believed in the literal body and blood of Christ, uh, being partaken of in the Lord's Supper. Mm. Um, That's just not an accurate statement. Even if you accept transubstantiation as your teaching, that's not what transubstantiation believes. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> it was the lettering council of 1215, which only formally brought in transubstantiation as the formal teaching of the Catholic Church. Right. And that's, that's that, quite there late. Before that, differences between Radbirtus and Radremnis. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and almost every generation, there were differences between what the view really was. But here's, here's, the, here's the kicker with transubstantiation. Mm-hmm. Because transubstantiation uh, for uh, following the Aristotelian categories of the accidents and the <clears throat> the externals, mm-hmm. the accidents and the essence, the accidents being the external, the appearance of blood, I mean, the appearance of bread, the appearance of wine, the taste of bread, the taste of wine, but then the essence inside the bread becomes the blood. So what just to, to be very technical, they didn't believe they were drinking literal blood. They believed that they were drinking not the accidents of blood, but the essence of blood.
2: Mm, mm.
1: And so it wasn't literal blood in the full-blooded, excuse the word, yeah. uh, sense of the term. Yeah. And likewise with the bread. Mm. So even that, even that much, it's it's just lacking nuance. It's not right. overstatement. Right. Um, it's painting with too broad a brush.
0: Yeah. Yeah. True. And so it's set up for. I mean, it's not like that's the thing that he's ultimately sort of trying to prove you, or, or it's not what he's ultimately driving at. But it just kind of, you know, I think what it does do is it makes you think. Okay, well, if the if the broad brush is being used at that level, probably the solution um it, you know or at least uh, the solution that he's hinting at doesn't need to be with such a simplistic broad brush either and there's probably more of a fine tuning solution uh, or nuanced yeah. solution if the if the uh, you know if that's if that's the way he's approaching it you know which i, I do in fact think is the way uh, you can probably. Un- untangle it. Probably this.
1: trying to say something like, hey guys, there's, there's more than a memorial going on here.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's
1: more than a remembrance. <laughs> right. And to
0: which I want to say amen. But he's you gone know?
1: all yeah. the way over exactly. past Calvin, right. past the Reformation, <laughs> and glorified the medieval era and said the Reformation got it wrong.
0: Right. And then, I mean, even down to the architecture, the thing that we really glory in, you know, with the moving of the altar and the pulpit and everything. So, anyways, let's keep going because it uh, yeah, yeah. gets into that. Oh, wait, one more comment. One more. Okay. Comment. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, 500 years ago, The memorial view came in right and so is is he painting now with a different brush that everyone since 500 years ago has memorial view is he heaping calvin in with that along with swingley yeah with luther i mean what's he doing what's he saying i mean
0: mean, he doesn't even mention saying
1: let's go back right i mean i'm confused
0: totally yeah it must suck to be francis chan Imagine, like, you know, you got punks like us trying to, like, look through his video. Yeah. He's I just said like, to
1: a friend today, I said, you know what we're going to do today in the podcast? We're going to tackle a big name so we can feel better about ourselves. Because every now and then it's just good to bring a big guy down so we feel big. Yeah,
0: so. exactly. No, I mean, uh, it, I'm just seeing that video next. I don't know if you can see it on the screen share thing. But uh, is uh, Francis Chan Catholic or something? So, I mean, obviously, it's created such a stir. Um I mean, he's not going Catholic, right? It doesn't it doesn't indicate that from the video? But the thing is, um, you know, you could see how it would perhaps appeal to you. You already, I mean, you see a movement towards liturgy today, you know, and um, and it's almost yeah. a reaction to the starving of. Evangelical uh, churches from any sort of connectedness, historically or traditional, and um, there's much in what he is saying that I really like, and I think is a great point. So, I, I, you know, I want to make sure that we get to that as well, not just pull the guy down. Uh, yep, but, sweet. anyways, let's let's keep going.
2: Something to consider, um, and and I, while I won't make a strong statement, I will make a statement about this. It was at that same time that, for the first time. Someone put a pulpit in the front of the gathering because before that, it was always the body and blood of Christ that was central to their gatherings. For 1,500 years, it was never one guy and his pulpit being the center of the church. It was the body and blood of Christ.
0: All right. Now, I mean, I think that's a good point. I like the point. I think this is why we do weekly communion. This is why our church needs liturgy. This yeah. is why, you know, it is more, it's not just about the preacher, right? And I think, you know, to just start off maybe on a positive note this time around, uh, certainly, I mean, imagine coming from that MacArthur kind of environment where you've got 20,000 people. I mean, it's all about MacArthur, whether he likes it or not. Yeah, It's... There's no confession reeling it together. There's no anything. It's just about MacArthur. It's about this one dude and anyone who can preach like him. And um, look, you know, as as good or you know, massive props to MacArthur for being able to handle that weight and not crush under it over the years. But it's just you could see how you know someone would react to that and go, you know what? That's this was never actually meant to be like that. And then of course on the charismatic megachurch side, that's definitely the way it's gone. And, um, and you know, I mean Acts 29, it's part of the culture. Yeah. Um, I think even banner of truth and you know uh, those guys, it's just there's always a big sort of person theologian at the center. and um, and so I think I think you know one of the things, so you know one of the things just this recent holiday, actually, I, I, I try to stay away from church, uh, not church in general, but church at Gracenet. And uh, <laughs> went to the Reformed Church. Um, and good. me too. Yeah, did you really? Cool. Yeah, it's it's my favorite church to go to. I mean, it's you know it's great. And one of the reasons I like it is because of the liturgy. I mean, I you know the, the sermon's going to be okay. Uh, it's going to be solid. It's not going to be doctrinally incorrect. Um, it's so that's dependable. And you know, if you go there with a a mind to want to learn and hear what the Word has to say, I mean, you're going to get fed. Um, but in terms of, uh, you know, you can just depend that there's going to be more than that. It's going to be a faithful liturgy. It's going to be, there's going to be confession. We're going to uh, literally uh, going to, you know, confess the the, the Apostles' uh, Creed yeah. even. There's going to be that power and unity together, you know, just at, the, at that body level. There's going to be the Lord's Supper. There's going to be just all these things. And, um, and you know, you I think you feel it when you have a church that doesn't have a pastor or a church that perhaps the pastor is you know, going through a difficult time or perhaps just is weak in pastoral ministry or preaching ministry and the church can still flourish um, and, and you could still get excited about going to church and, and want to wor- worship together. Um, it worries me. It worries me when, when the whole culture, today it is, it's just we can't get around it, but the whole culture is just around one massive guy. And if the sermon isn't absolutely amazing, then, you know, it's like why even bother yeah. to go to church? It's rather download a better sermon or something like that. And so, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, let me just agree again with the emphasis. Mm. I mean, I think you and I would agree that the Lord's Supper would be the climax of the service. Yeah. You know, we're building it up to God authenticating his own word with Mm. the symbols, Mm. with the engagement that we have with Christ in the supper. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it crowns the preaching of the gospel Mm. as God in his own hand puts his signature on it in the the lord's supper so i mean from that point of view i completely agree i remember going to a church recently where uh you know the communion thing was just sort of a let's just throw it out there and it was sort of it was even before the preaching it was sort of it was tacked on as a a little devotional thing that went on during part of the service but it wasn't given its due and so from that point of view i'm with francis chan i want to i want to give it a proper emphasis i want it to be held up in the life of the church it should be the crowning aspect of our worship um, on the Lord's day. Yeah. But I do think he is overstating the case. Yeah.
0: Well, as soon as we're going architecture in general, I don't like it. You know, any kind of architectural argument for me just, just freaks me out a little bit, you know, because everyone tends to overstate everything at that level. Uh, firstly, I don't even want to place stocks, uh, stuck like that on, on any kind of building to begin with. Uh, so maybe it's just the church planner in me, but we move from building the building and, you know, I'm not going to not meet in a building because it has some sort of architectural feature about it, or you know, it just feels like it. You're opening the door to all sorts of trouble that way. Um, so whether it's got a stage or a pulpit year or whatever, I mean, basically the thing yeah. is, you want you want a place. How do you make the Lord's Supper central? Well, you do it frequently. You give it a, 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 a prominent place in the liturgy. You, you know, how do you make the word central? It doesn't really matter. I mean, obviously, you have to stand in a place that's going to work, but but you know, it, it's more like the time you, the culture around that, um, you know, the understanding around what's happening, the the reverence involved. Um, yeah, it's it's not. Isn't
1: it's, it a, Isn't it a uh, maybe a false analysis to say that it was the Lord's Supper being replaced with the man, as opposed to a rediscovery of sola scriptura yes. and placing the word back at the center of the worship. Yeah. Well that's that, what that was the main thing that had been lost. And architecturally um, and that's so was... what
0: was being represented for sure. Um, yeah. You know, so I
1: mean, maybe he's picking on celebrity Christianity but yeah. you know was that really what was going on at the time of the reformation that we we're trying to exalt the celebrity? Yeah, it's interesting you
0: know, um, Luther didn't do that, right? The Lutheran churches don't have the do they have the pulpit off to the side? I think they might
1: yeah, most Anglicans, Lutherans, yeah. all the old churches. Which was never is, put in the middle.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so th- that's something to um, think about right there. But I do know I remember in um, preaching and preachers, um Jones makes a big a big deal of this and says, Listen, we gotta have this pulpit in the middle. You know, <laughs> we got we gotta make a big giant pulpit, basically. And um, and for that reason, just we want to make sure that the word's always central. Um and that's fine we agree but it's like I mean again it, does it have to be an and all thing I suppose is my one what, what of the setups yeah. that I really like if we're going to talk form and function and architecture and that sort of thing in a lot of the reformed churches you see the the, the pulpit and the table the same sort of thing uh, and yeah. if you you know what I'm talking about, it's got like a big, usually a big giant pulpit and then it's, it's sort of extended into a table and then the Lord's Supper will be there the whole time. So the, the Supper is administered from the same place the word is preached. So you have got some powerful symbolism going on there, in which case, you know, the whole thing, if that's happening weekly, the whole thing becomes almost a moot point, you know? Um, yeah. But but I suppose the problem comes in, even in Reformed churches, and sometimes the Supper only gets celebrated you know, once a year, Quarterly sometimes, or yeah, and that's, um, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, you know, bring about the same sort of sense of starvation. I think frequency is an issue. Yeah, frequency of the Lord's Supper. What's happening in the Supper? Um, yeah, and
1: so if he went to a church where they were having it weekly, he wouldn't be making these comments.
0: I don't think so. And and if they knew, and if they taught the sacramental view of some sort. Um, you know, yes. how could he make these comments? I don't understand how any of these comments could even work. Uh, and unless you're arguing implicitly for something he's not saying right there, you know, in open, that he actually wants a sacerdotal view. You know, he's gunning for an actual. Yeah, the literal yeah.
1: body and blood. I mean, even yeah. the Westminster Confession denies, even the 1689 denies a carnal or corporal mm. taking. It's mm. by the spirit. Right. Through faith. Yeah, it's a spiritual partaking, not a literal. So I mean, he's he is not sticking to a reformed confessionalism.
0: Though. No, he's, no, that's true.
1: Maybe he's wanting a pre-confessional simplicity, as opposed to a deliberate Catholicism. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he's romanticized and idealized yeah. the, the pre-Reformation era, and he just wants some of the simple view back that we just adore the mystery. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but um, exactly. it's it's confusing language one way or another.
0: Yeah, it's just not not detailed enough. So, yeah, he could be. I think the thing that's causing the stir is that, uh, and really he should have. I mean, obviously after uh, we're joking around before that we're giving him a hard time by just sort of jumping on the bandwagon. But really, you got to have some level of responsibility for this because if you're going to go out and make statements like that, you know, people are going to be shocked and there is going to be a bit of a stir. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so if he is saying real presence you know, that, that's, uh, I, sorry, not real presence, literal, uh, literal body and blood. Uh, and he is implicitly gunning for a back to Rome view. Um, obviously, th- there's an issue with that. Uh, but if he's simply using that language and kind of bringing into a- everything that's not memorial, um, and he's just making a simplistic statement there again, then that's fine. But I don't think, yeah, it's interesting, just what you said earlier, like if he went to a church, that was celebrating the weekly supper, um, and they held a high regard, sacramental regard, maybe even like a yeah. Lutheran consubstantiation sort of thing. Uh, would that satisfy him? I don't know. Based on what you you've heard there, um, yeah, I suppose that's where we have to watch the space. Um,
2: Should we carry on watching it?
0: All right, we nearly done.
2: And even the leaders just saw themselves as partakers, and oh man. We're not worthy, we're not worthy, we're not worthy. I say that because the church is more divided than any time in history. What does this book tell us clearly? That he does not want any divisions in his church. And for a thousand years, there was just one church. Did you know that? We're so used to growing up in a time when literally there are over 30,000 Christian denominations right now. But for the first thousand years, it was just one.
1: Do we want to stop it there?
2: Yeah. Yeah, again, I mean, it's it's almost like...
0: Uh, actually, it was interesting. John Cooper said that it's almost like he's got on some Roman Catholic um, answers website, you know, <laughs> or some apologist, yes. where it's the classic thing they they would bring up, right? It's just... Exactly. You know, it's just it's ill-informed at some level. It's not really... Um, you know, there wasn't only one For First of all, what about Eastern Orthodoxy? You know, let's not, you know, yeah. let's not even go there. And then, um yeah. and then. What about
1: the Donatists? Even, yeah, yeah exactly. It's just way
0: more complex than that. And, um yeah. and then even now, I mean, you know, denominational part of the Protestant ethic is that you are not won by denominational hierarchy, but by your spiritual union to Christ. So, yeah you know denominations are a matter of your conscience before that one Christ uh, yeah. but you know it's it's just a yeah it kind of misses the misses the the boat on both of those sides i think
1: yeah i mean i don't know what he's going for so if we all have a single united view on the supper, would that make us unified exactly what's what's what's, what's he, what does he believe so it's like, it's like coming back to a roman view of the supper would reunite the church and all yeah. denominations would go away?
0: Right. I don't, I
1: don't know. I don't no. know what he's saying.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe Maybe what he's saying is that there was certainly, I, you know, what you do see and what obviously is lamentable, lamentable at some level is that in the early church, they just they just cared so much about the sacrament, right? They just, I mean, I'm thinking very early now where they used to run from house to house and make sure they all had the same loaf. And, you know, and you had all sorts of interesting little developments out of that, as you mentioned, the Donatists and whatnot. But um, I think and uh, there's something about that that's lost, right? Um, in that through the memorial view or through just the, the fractioned sort of... Uh, <clears throat> Every man is his own pope, and he's you know he's got his own Bible, and everyone's doing his own thing, and that's going to create such a level of of disunity that we're not even able to see straight together on the Lord's Supper. And maybe maybe there's there's just a, a yearning, you know, which is healthy, I think, uh, for a, a, an ability to just do what we what the church originally saw as, as such a um, solid expression of unity, and not to be divided over this one thing.
1: Yeah, I'm just struggling to see how the problem of thirty thousand denominations is going to be solved by no. a return to a pre-Reformation view of the supper.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's not. That, that's not I don't the think only that's going to happen. We have. No, that's true. That's right. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's it, it's not going to happen either. That's the big thing, you know. So it's almost like it, it, you know. And this is it comes almost down to that basic Roman Catholic, or even like sometimes you're talking to a Watchtower Society guy who makes this critique of. Look, this is why I'm not a Christian. I'm a Jehovah's Witness because, you know, we have one organization, and um, and you know that kind of critique. Uh, the thing is, I mean, it has to. Is it was it ever a realistic thing? Was it ever on the cards? Did did Jesus ever want one? You know, monolithic view. And hierarchical structure—it just doesn't—it doesn't strike me as realistic. My
1: understanding of of Jesus' high priestly prayer when he prays that we would be one as he is one. My understanding is that that prayer was answered on the day of Pentecost. Amen.
0: And is objectively the case. Yeah, one
1: as at least in some analogical way in which the Trinity are one. We have a spiritual union with one another as we have spiritual union with Christ in the way in which the Father, Son, and Spirit, we have an analogical union to their union within yeah. the Trinity.
0: It's got to be the way um, you view it, yeah.
1: That's a com- that's something that God does. It's a prayer that God answered, and it's not something that we can create. No, agree. And so I think he's assuming a view of unity here, which I think is part of the Roman Catholic apologetic. Yeah, that's true. And somehow he snuck it into his discussion here, and it's, it's confusing.
0: It is, yeah. You know, because you want to resonate with the yearning for unity. Of course, you know, Um, even beyond that spiritual reality, it would be great. It would be great if everyone was united. And as he goes on to say, you know, everyone's sort of excited about being, uh, you know, receiving this, being with Jesus around, you know, worshiping in the church. I mean, of course, who who doesn't want to see the whole world uh, excited about that? But you know, one of the things is just even um, culturally. Like just just having bounced around a few cultures, you know, you get as soon as you start saying, "Hey, we've got to have this one," like church structure, it's just impossible to work out. It one culture needs to dominate, and and then you have this, you know, this form of 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 Christendom that you have, that you basically saw for a thousand years, which wasn't healthy. I yeah. mean, it's not good when you go to. Uh, an Indian church or an African church and you see them wearing obviously Italian looking sort of you know garments and and uh you know just embracing a tradition that's really not what the Bible asks them to embrace. But and, and that's inevitable. You have to go in that direction if you're going to kind of bring it all together at the institutional level. I think I suppose just being Baptist, being Protestant, it was one of the best things that happened when we finally um, decided, hey, you know, let's let each let's let the unity be where it needs to be in the spirit. Let's uh, do what we can to express that unity. Um, And, you know, that's going to look differently depending on the conscience and what we can do as we stand and before, uh, stand and fall before our own master. Uh, And what, what, what is, you know, uh, how are we able to join? Well, that's going to depend on where we are, how many churches are around us, what kind of churches, what kind of setting we're looking at. It's just going to look vastly more complex than any um obviously look, this is the one church, there's the one guy, there's the one sacrament for you. It it just couldn't be what the New Testament is talking about, in my view. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Let's uh, let's we got about speed on. We got a few minutes here.
2: What was interesting is communion was at the center of the room every time they gathered. And it wasn't a pulpit. It sounds like preached after studying in his office by himself for twenty hours. See, right now we've got guys like me that go in a I room. I wish he had studied, studied. for twenty hours. Yeah. You know. That, that's what I was doing for years. Meanwhile, other guys went in their rooms and studied, and then we started all giving different messages. So many contradicting each other. And pretty soon as well I follow Piper, I follow Chan, I follow you know, it's just like everyone's following different guys. Should we stop I'm it there? I, yeah. Do you think
1: maybe that he is describing a, Christ, a form of Christianity that lacks confessional unity?
0: Absolutely. You know, it's kind of what I was alluding you know, to a little bit earlier. Yeah, so I was exactly. thinking,
1: well, I don't, I don't feel that problem that he yeah. seems to be feeling.
0: Yeah, exactly. On on a few yeah. different levels, at, at, you know, you got the sacramental view. It's important. I would I would hate it not to have that, so I can feel his pain at that level. Yeah. Secondly, I do hate the whole not having a confession thing. You know, it's just because you must, as we were saying earlier, it's either going to be John MacArthur, or it's going to be this guy. What else have you got? You've got the guy in the pulpit. So again, I feel the yearning. I, I I totally get it. And you know what what strikes me about that is obviously he was at the center of attention, and you know, I would have felt that at such a high impact level. And, you know, if, if he wasn't feeling easy with it, you know, can you imagine trying to just keep going on that juggernaut? You know, it'd be horrible. So you can tell he's kind of burnt in some ways, still trying to get over that. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, again, just what we've been saying throughout is sort of like one, two, skip a few, jump a million hoops, uh, when, when there's some solid options on the way, which really don't leave you with this feeling at all. Um, and so that's that's important to say. Um, it really is awesome. To it's almost like a big plug for confessionalism, though. I think uh, you know it really does. Yeah, it's it's making the a case. Confession would have for
1: saved that. him from all of these mistakes.
0: <laughs> I think so. I think so. Um, it, well, at least it would have taken that edge off, you know, and then he could make some more sober-minded forward movement. You know, if, if you wanted to go Roman Catholic, I was, I, was having a,
1: I was having a discussion with someone today and we were talking about, because I try to explain how, you know, at least in yours and mine and our Fellowship of Reformed Baptist Churches and in those influenced by Mike Horton and a few others, you know, we talk about the call to worship the word calling us, hmm. the hymns being the singing of the word, the giving being the supporting of the ministry of the word, our prayers being guided by the commandments and the promises of the word, the hmm. preaching being the exposition of the word, the, the, uh, the Lord's Supper and baptism being the visible word, and the benediction being the word that sends us out with blessing hmm. and promise so that we can obey the word in the coming week. And um, so he said, well, are you subjecting the supper to the word? And I said, well, that's wrong-headed. You see, word and spirit always go together, and yeah. if you have a view of the Lord's Supper that makes it magic over here, yeah, something something that works uh, ex opere operato mm-hmm. uh, in and of itself without faith, mm-hmm. without understanding that it's a magical experience over there, then you're divorcing word and spirit. Mm. But if you understand that the sacrament of the Lord's Supper is a blessing because your faith is engaged, as your understanding is being engaged, as the as what is represented in the elements, you know pulls your mind and understanding into what's going on, mm. um, then it is simply another visible, it's another aspect of the word, where mm. word and spirit work together to bring it. So this this disjunction between word, the preacher, the pulpit mm. and the table, as mm. if they're not intimately uh, combined. I just don't, I don't resonate with it at all.
0: Yeah, it's um, the word. Yeah, I love the way we talk about the sacrament being the visible word. I think you yep. know, if I'm not mistaken Kelvin was really big on that and um and so you know you're not what are you doing you're not subjecting one to the other or you're just simply saying the one is in this uh way related to the other it's just one of those things yeah. um but you know during you talk as well it, it kind of reminds me of you know if we're not separating word and sacrament we're separating word and spirit and you know we're it's almost like all these movements are just coming out of these <laughs> False separations. We just just keep them. Yeah. You know, uh, it reminds me of of Sproul saying, um, "To separate a, a soul from its body is to kill it. To distinguish it is to do it no harm."
1: <laughs> and exactly. it's just you know,
0: it's just distinguish people. Stop separating, you know, and um, and let's <laughs> stop just stop killing things. Yeah. So you know. It's, um,
1: yeah, and what about, what about the comment that he made that, you know, this terrible thing that's going on today where people are studying the Word for 20 hours to for a sermon?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Like,
1: that's yeah. that, to me, that's the glory of the modern church. Right. I mean, right. God has given us translations. He's given us commentaries. He's given yeah. us Bible colleges. He's given us specialists. We have right. the languages. We've got right. this ability to get deep down into the true meaning of the Word, mm-hmm. you know, and mine, its depths. And he's pouring cold water on that.
0: Right, right, right. And it's it's and, not even um, like I mean I'm finding it is, that to
1: be very strange.
0: Yes, and it's kind of to our shame that we're not studying more. In some in some ways, I think if anything, the problem is no one's studying enough. I mean, you got the few guys there that are doing a great job, but in general, I think pastoral ministry is swamped. There's not enough culture to create that time for the pastor, and um, it's it sort of moves in. Uh, I, I wish it was the case, as you said earlier, that most people could get off and study for 20 hours. And, you know, I think the world would be yeah. a better, better place if that could happen. Um, but, you know, it, it's interesting. If it wasn't for the literal body and blood piece, um, it's almost like what he would be going for here yeah, is straight up Darbyism, uh, which is really the, do you remember the whole thing? Uh, Anti institutionalization. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's like, well, let's, you know, let's even keep the Lord's Supper in the center of the room, they literally have it in the center and everyone stands around it. In a circle. In a circle. And no one one will um, study, you know, Uh, we just kind of make it up as we go on the Sunday. Uh, It's really just more about sharing around. It's almost like the only thing missing is is that the, you know, maybe, who knows, maybe he's going to start like a whole new, Derby brethren, um, you know, (laughs) like transubstantiation (laughs) that I don't know if we've ever had that before. That'd be that'd be interesting. But, uh, you know,
1: and will it be every man preaching as well instead of just the one man?
0: Yeah, well I mean that you'd have I mean look if you don't have the one guy the bible is written in in a different language in a different context in a different culture unless you're already greek hebrew and you know have some strange pre-existent insight into those uh, worlds it's going to take some study to bring anything intelligible out on a sunday uh, otherwise everyone's just going to get anemic you know, um, and, yeah. and you're going to start your messages are going to start getting stupid and um, and, you know, that can carry you for a week or two. But, you know, and yeah, I think you see this in some church cultures. It's just like, oh, my goodness, really, you know, is this is this, you know, it's really we have more hope of, of turning to our study Bibles at, at that level. Um, so you know what maybe it's a monastic thing as well because i know he's got this big monastic sort of bent you know that uh new monasticism and yeah he just wants to get away it's got the hardcore um charismatic thing in the background as well and
1: i really resonate with his spirit because like i think he and i are quite similar that's right. why i think i'm just seeing the mistakes so clearly right because i think i think in very similar ways
0: like freakishly um, extremist that
1: overreacting ah!
0: Exactly. Kill the whole
1: thing and start again fresh sort of thing. You know? Yeah, Exactly.
0: Yeah, that's that's totally. And, you know, again, like those guys are typically the guys that are super passionate about things and, you know, you really appreciate it yeah. when they're on something. But, yeah, I mean, also, it's the double, yeah. double-edged sword there. Yeah, totally. Um, all right. So, hey, one more, one more little clip here.
2: I believe <laughs> there was something about taking communion out of the center of the church and replace it with a gifted speaker. Not that that gifted speaker is not a part of the body of Christ, and a gift to the body of Christ, but the body itself needs to be back in the center of the church. You guys, I've been dreaming about this, I've been praying about this, going, man, I would love it if one day in our country, here in the U.S., people understood the body of Christ, that they were just a part of it and they got excited to gather and partake of the body and blood of Christ and they celebrated together and that's why we gathered
0: All right so just
1: I just want to comment on the way he's pulling a fist <laughs> That's not how you pull a fist All
0: right you'd give you break you'll break your thumb right <laughs> it's
1: Very important point very good yeah. tip right there Don't It's okay, okay to preach
0: like with that. that fist but If you're going in for the kill, you want to get there. So, here's here's, here's something he's saying that I think um, that I resonate with deeply and just stepping right out of his own um, thing now on, on any sort of appeal to literal body and blood, but but seeing the value of confessionalism and now thinking specifically about the, the Lord's Supper and the sacrament and a sacramental view. And I'm thinking now of Calvin's real presence view, um, uh, which I think is, is the best representation we have. Um, if we don't get that right, we're moving into an age now where church is going to be Increase, I mean, it's always been a struggle, right? To, to where is the relevance in going to church, getting people to church? But never have yeah. we had sermon downloads the way that we have. Never have we had ways of coming up with pseudo community the way that we now have. And the reality is, the only thing, that, I mean, obviously the whole church service is there as a means of grace, but you can't click to receive communion. You know, and 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 pretend right. that you're at that church receiving the same blessing. Uh, that is a means of grace that is that is promised to the church, and uh, yeah. unless you have a view that can dig right into that, and unless you're preaching something like that, uh, really, you know, you're going to struggle to to substantiate why you even need to come to church. You know. Um, yeah and and i'm not i'm not trying it sounds a little bit like i'm saying that we need to find a way to make church relevant i'm not saying that at all i'm just saying jesus has made church relevant and the thing is we've Amen. stopped we've stopped understanding why that is we've made other reasons which are now crumbling uh, Francis Chan is picking up on that and freaking out about it because, you know, your gifting is only going to go so far. Your mega church is only going to go so far. At the end of the day, it is Jesus promising to be with his church every Lord's day. That is the thing that you need to come to church for, to hear from him, to experience his presence, to be sanctified by him. Yeah. And if that's not happening, you know, um, And I mean,
1: just a quick yeah. comment, you know, he said, you know, communion versus gifted speaker. On the day of Pentecost, when the people got saved, they sat under the apostles preaching. Yeah. They broke bread. They did the prayers. You know, they had fellowship. Devoted. They gave alms. Totally. All together. It wasn't one or the other. It well, was this the thing wonderful, is, full liturgy, not a, yeah. a single yeah. uh, centerpiece liturgy.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And you know, who who gives, who gives the 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 presence, you know, by, by, you know, where the presence of Christ is mediated by the spirit who gives the gift to the preacher, you know, it's the same spirit and uh, the same, the same goal to, to show us the same Christ. So, um, you know, you can't set the one against the other. That's always a problem, but a helpful thing. So nice. Francis Chan, thank you so much for, um, for bringing it up. I appreciate it. I appreciate that this is the topic of conversation uh nick is thumbs down because
1: um i'm a thumbs down one on this one well i I think i think he i think he blew it and he confused a lot of people but you know his heart was right
0: do you know why do you know why you think that why you're also an extremist character
1: yeah that's okay
0: (laughs) and so obviously you're you're gonna jump too (laughs) far you're gonna go too far in the other direction you know, so anyways, bottom line is I, I appreciate that this is being discussed and uh, it gives us a good opportunity to plug confessionalism is what I'm saying. So we might not even be in disagreement there. <laughs> anyway, so that, that's a, uh, but, but
1: the point is this, the point Mike is this. Okay. No, but, but the point really is, you got to go to church.
0: No, no, no. We, my brother and I did that one. So we're airing this tomorrow. So you're not going to be going to church on Thursday. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm, gonna, I meant, I meant on the Lord's day. Okay. On the Lord's day. Double up. <laughs> uh <laughs> it's just like i just went through this whole awkward thing with my brother he you know we've i was gonna drop that episode in the midweek and he made this whole big spiel about going to church and i was like i didn't even we're not even doing I'll it make
1: a, i'll make a better spiel you see because for, for the reason francis chan is wrong is because he doesn't have a proper ecclesiology and so to get everything that he wants to emphasize but getting it right you've got to go to church
0: oh mic drop I like it. (laughs) Go to church. And on that point.